0: Hey everyone, my name is Alex and you are listening to the first episode of my brand new podcast. Um, I don't have a name yet. I don't really have anything planned out and honestly I have been pretty nervous to do this. Um, I don't know why because this is something that I do for a job and a career but I think for some reason this just made me a little bit more nervous um, because today I am going to be sharing with you a sermon that I wrote and I've had it for a while and I think I've just been so nervous to share it, which is crazy, but um, I've been like praying and going back and forth about. If it was worth me talking about and I really wasn't sure and then you know I think one of the reasons why I was so uncertain is because sometimes I just feel so unworthy to be someone that shares a message or shares the Word of God um, just because like I'm a sinner and I'm not perfect and sometimes I wonder like who am I to share something that could potentially impact somebody else, but I have come to a point where I realize that if the Lord is calling you to do something, that you just need to do it, and you can't always worry about, like, the result, because that's not for us to worry about. All we have to do is be obedient to what we feel like the Lord is calling us to do. So, I am just going to share this with you guys, and if it goes horribly, I don't know, I hope it doesn't, but um, this is something that I have, this specific message is something I've been thinking about for a while, and it's something that the Lord has been teaching me, so I really, really felt like I wanted to share it. So if you are a new believer, um, I'm going to be reading a passage from the Bible, and then talking about it and if you already know a lot about um, the word and everything we're going to turn to the book of numbers so let's open up to numbers 11 and we're going to go back and look at this story of the israelites in the desert so if you weren't someone who was raised in a bible school you're probably familiar with the story but for those who listening who maybe didn't have that type of education so just to give you a little bit of a background the israelites were trapped as slaves to the egyptians for 400 years so they were forced to live in egypt to live in poverty and work as slaves um, building and doing whatever the egyptians wanted them to do the israelites were promised Um, a deliverer to rescue them. It was like prophesied um, in the Old Testament that there would be someone to come and deliver them from slavery. And after 400 years of being enslaved, there was an Israelite named Moses, if you're familiar with the story. Um, And Moses stood up to Pharaoh, who was the ruler of Egypt at the time. And Moses led the Israelites into freedom. So he basically was sent by the Lord to rescue the Israelites from slavery. So when we jump into this story, the Israelites are crossing the desert out of Egypt on the way to the land that was promised by God for them. So um, that's just kind of a little bit of a background. So let's go to Numbers chapter 11, and I'm going to start at verse 4. One day... Some worthless foreigners among the Israelites became greedy for food. And even the Israelites themselves began moaning. We don't have any meat in Egypt. We could eat all the fish we wanted. And there were cucumbers, melons, onions, and garlic. But we're starving out here. And the only food we have is this manna. The Israelites stood around their tents complaining. Moses heard them and was upset that they had made the Lord angry. He prayed, "'I am your servant, Lord, so why are you doing this to me? What have I done to deserve this? You've made me responsible for all these people, but they're not my children. You told me to nurse them along and to carry them to the land you promised their ancestors.' They keep whining for meat, but where can I get meat for them? This job is too much for me. How can I take care of all these people by myself? If this is the way you're going to treat me, just kill me now and end my miserable life. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat, we were better off in Egypt. Now, the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. You will not eat it for just one day or two days or five, ten, or twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? Um, Yeah, I know for those listening, that whole rant seems like it could be totally fake, but I swear it's not. That's literally what the Bible says. And it's so funny, just a side note, that like this happened, what, thousands of years ago. And yet to me, that seems like something that I would personally pray to the Lord, which is just so funny that people don't really change no matter how much time passes. So, okay. So let's go back to verse four for a second. So um, God sent the Israelites, Moses, to deliver them, right? And after Moses delivered the Israelites, God was sending them bread, which was the manna in the verse, from heaven. Like bread from the sky to fulfill their needs. It was just like, like I think of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, like, God rescued you, and then boom, food from the clouds. Like, it's insane. So, it, first of all, just that in general is an amazing thing that the Lord has done. So, this was all happening while they were on their way to what God had promised them. Because, as this story shows, God will never, God will never send you to your purpose without giving you provision let me say that again god will never send you to your purpose without giving you provision god will never send you somewhere or carry you through to your destiny without providing exactly what you need to get you there like the israelites were on the way to the promised land and god sent them exactly what they needed but, you know, this, I'm speaking for myself too. Like some of us are out here like, oh, I want to do this and oh, God me, God told me to do that. But like, what if I don't know what to do? And like, what if I don't have enough money? And, you know, those are exactly the things that I said when I moved to Miami or when I even started recording this podcast. Like, but here's the thing, if God is telling you to leave a toxic or bad situation or to leave this season that you're in and step out in faith to reach your destiny, he will provide for what you need. And he will send you with what you need to be fulfilled enough so you can have what you need, but also continue to rely on him while you're on your way. But listen, let's look back here at verse four, because it says there one day some worthless foreigners, like that's in the verse there were worthless foreigners. So that means that there were people in the Israelites group who were one, worthless, good for nothing, contributing nothing. And two, foreigners, which means they don't even belong there. Like what are, what are they doing there? Who let them in? Like they come in, they don't even belong there. They're literally good for nothing. And they became greedy for food. So Food that, let me just say, was not even theirs to begin with. So in this journey, the Israelites allowed people in their caravan who were not only not helping them, not only people who don't belong, but people who were robbing them of what God had especially provided for them. And not just robbing the Israelites, but also complaining Complaining about taking something that wasn't even theirs. And you know what? The Israelites let them. So here's my question to you. Who are you letting in your caravan? Who or what have you allowed to come into your life that isn't adding anything, isn't building you up, isn't encouraging you, and on top of that is robbing you, of what God gave you, whether that's financially, whether that's peace, whether that's your time that God has gave you to do a specific thing. Because here's the thing, the Israelites could have turned around and been like, who are you? Who let you in? And they could have pushed them out of their group to protect their blessing. But instead, the rest of the verse of four says, the Israelites themselves began moaning. They began joining with those foreigners, people. And they were saying, we don't have any meat in Egypt. We could eat all the fish we wanted. And there were cucumbers, melons, onions, garlic, but we're starving out here. Okay, this is the thing. You need to protect your blessing because you know what? If you don't, and if you allow people into your circle and into your life that were not sent from the Lord, they don't only have the opportunity to steal your blessing, but it gives you An open door for you to complain about what God gave you. Stay guarded for your purpose and the word that you know that God gave you. Because that way, when people come in to hitch a ride on your blessing, you can recognize it and not let them steal it and then complain about it. Like, you know what I like to call these people? People haters. Like, look, okay, I'm not perfect. I've been there too. And to me, this is what the modern like situation looks like. Oh my gosh, did you see her new boyfriend? He's just like, so not what I expected to see her with. No, you're just jealous because she got a man and you don't because the Lord sent her her husband and you're still in a season of waiting because you haven't learned to be by yourself with the Lord yet. So you're bitter and complaining about someone else's relationship. So either you've been there before or you've heard that before. But here's the thing, God has got his own plan for you and his own plan for them. And once you let people piggyback on your trip to the promised land that God has given you, you open the door for their criticism, for their influence, for advice that could potentially completely go against what God has told you. And that, you know, they're not always meaning harm. Sometimes our friends really want the best for us and they think that they're helping us because they love us. But the truth is, if you hear from something from the Lord, that you you need to stand on it. And I think the hardest thing that I have had to accept is Not everyone is is going to be on your side. Like not everyone is going to be able to trust God the way that you do. Not everyone is going to believe that you are going to make money on your music or your business. But the crazy thing is, why is it always those people who are always looking to see what you got or what you could do for them after? So protect your blessing. All right, so let's go down to verse 10 and we'll see how Moses responds to this. So the Israelites stood around their tents complaining, right? Moses heard them. He was upset. He said, Lord, why are you doing this to me? What have I done to deserve this? You made me responsible. They're not my children. You told me to nurse them and to carry them. They whine for me, but where can I get it? And he says, this job is too much for me. How can I take care of all these people by myself? If this is the way you're going to treat me, just kill me now and end my miserable life. I, uh, I, I don't know if I love this or I hate this, but i um, I absolutely can see myself in Moses because it's so interesting that instead of turning to the Israelites and like fixing the problem by saying, hey. You need to stop complaining. You need to be more grateful to the Lord, right? His first response is to turn to God and say, oh, just kill me now and end my miserable life. How many of us have been through a hard situation and our first response is to turn to God to complain? Like Moses could have turned back to the Israelites and say, look what God provided for us and these people came to hurt us to harm us instead he turned to God to cry about it and and listen I don't know about you but I know that for me there's been quite a few situations that I have gotten myself into because of my choices and then I turn to God and blame him for like me doing that when God's like listen I didn't make you date that person when you knew you shouldn't. I didn't tell you to let that person in your world when you know that they have nothing but drama going on. Like, that's not God. That's me. Those are my choices, right? So the Lord hears Moses and tells him to get 70 leaders uh, to appear before the Lord in response. And this is in verse 18. He he um, He says, tell the people, consecrate yourself in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed and then it says you're not going to eat it for one days, two days, five, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you've rejected the Lord who is among you and you have um, wailed before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? So listen, why is it that as soon as things get hard, we wish for where we used to be? It's like we have forgotten just how horrible those situations were, right? The Israelites were held captive as slaves for 400 years. The Lord rescued them. He delivered them. He sent them on their way towards their promised land. They were in a tough wilderness season in the desert, but they were on their way. And God was providing for them as they were on their journey. And yet, because they let the wrong people into their journey... They began to complain and compare where they are to where they were. They took their eyes off of the path they were heading to and turned around. And as I studied this, I asked myself, what is my Egypt? What in my life did God rescue and deliver me from? And why is it that I am so quick for that time in my life again as soon as things get a little bit challenging? And you know what the answer is? This, let me tell you, this is what my Egypt is. It sounds like this. Well, at least I wasn't lonely. At least I had someone to spend the weekends with. I know that wasn't the person I was supposed to be with. That relationship was built on sin manipulation. And I was so far away from God when I was with them. But now I miss them because now I'm all alone. It doesn't matter that God set me free from that bondage. It doesn't matter that he set me free from an abusive or manipulative person. I just miss going on dates. And listen, here's the thing. Sin only feels good for a season. It doesn't last forever. The word says the consequences of sin is death. So why is it that when we're pressing in and we are seeking the Lord and God steps in, removes those distractions and temptations from our life, that is the the first thing that we want as soon as we are a little bit uncomfortable. And the answer is the enemy knows exactly what your weakness is. Maybe you're lonely and he knows exactly the kind of person you are drawn to. You know, I heard the uh, someone once say that the devil is not omnipresent like God, like he can't be everywhere at once. So when he sees that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, he's going to send something or someone in the path of your caravan to steal your focus, your vision, your gifts, and your provision. I'm just going to wrap this up with this verse. It's uh, 1, Peter, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And that's the thing. The devil knows exactly what our Egypt is. He knows exactly what God rescued us from. He knows what we like. He knows our weaknesses, and he will try to get us back to that place of bondage. So be alert, be of sober mind. And when useless foreigners come into our life as distractions from what God has set before us, you need to say no. And you got to realize God is, is right next to you in the wilderness. And I'm telling you, listen, I know it's hard. It's not easy. But the thing is, we don't see everything. We don't always know what the promised land is, right? Some of us are hanging on to that scripture. God has a good plan for my life. God has a purpose for my life. God is a, a has a plan to prosper me, right? Like I can't, I can't, please tell me I'm not the only one who repeats that in my head whenever I'm like not sure of what's happening here. You know, God doesn't like rescue us and then just leave us to die in the desert, you know? And God knows, like God knows that it's hard. You know, we're out here, it's hot. We're tired, our feet hurt, I hate the desert, there's no rain, right? We can't always see the promised land, but we know it's there because God promised it and God's promises always remain and God's promises never turn back void. The enemy will always send things in your way to get you looking back. So let me encourage you today. The Israelites could have crossed that desert in 11 days. That was an 11-day journey through the desert to the promised land. But instead, it took them 40 years. And the saddest part is some of them didn't even make it. Sometimes the promised land is like right around your corner. Like maybe your man or your woman is right there, just a few rows ahead of you. But you're so busy texting that person that you know you should not be talking to anymore. That it's going to take you longer to be where you really want to be. So that's what I have for you guys today. And just a couple questions to reflect on is what in your life is your Egypt that God has rescued you from? And what are some things that we can do to intentionally keep our eyes on the promised land? so thank you guys for listening to me today i hope that this message um i hate to say the word resonated but i hope that it affected you in some way um this story in the bible always gets to me and it just gives me such a reminder um of how i should act and what i should do so Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this again, but uh, I will. I'll uh, talk to you guys later.